0: Peace. Peace. We are back once again with Masterminds with Brother Shemel. I'm your host, Brother Shemel, and I am happy to be back once again with another episode of Masterminds with Brother Shemel. And um, as always, I'd like to start off by thanking all of my listeners out there, my continued um, supporters and supporters. Uh, Again as always, I thank you for supporting, for listening. Um, I've been getting great feedback as always. Um, the love is definitely appreciated. Uh, I'm being told that some some people are listening to my podcast several several times over. I know I pack a lot of information um, and I thank you for taking the time to listen and, and study and dissect it. Um, as I mentioned in the past, I do my best to put in as much as I can within an hour time span. Uh, I don't try to go over that, but I definitely, you know, don't want to shortchange the audience and give them the, I definitely want to give them the uh, information that they're looking for. So again, I thank you Uh, for those who are not familiar. uh, You can check out my website, Shem L. Dot com that's s h e m hyphen e l dot com you can check out my podcast there um, if you want to you can also get my literature there my books and my other products as well and I would love to have your feedback on the website let me know what you think let me know what uh, you think um what you like what you could care less about think needs some improvement. Um, so, I want to service the people as best as I can. So, I'm going to get right to it. Um, this episode, we're going to go into one of my favorite topics Elohim, the seven creative spirits. The seven creative spirits, many of you already know that I've written a book entitled Who is Elohim? And I will be reading from sections of that book as well as sections of my other book, What is the Higher Self? Um, As always, I'll go into the Circle 7 and other um, writings. But the important part that I want to get into in reference to this particular uh, topic, and you've heard me speak on previous episodes about Elohim. Of course, I have the, uh, the series where I went into the Kabbalah. Uh, Elohim, Fall of Man, and the Kabbalah. I have that series and where I went into the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, the Sephira, and um, the various, um, the four worlds and things of that nature and how it tied into the Elohim. From this standpoint, I want to really dive into um, more, a little more into the definition of seven creative spirits, what that really means, um, how does it relate to us, on a day-to-day basis like how is that even practical um what is the significance in other things as it corresponds with um the law of seven as i like to say so without further ado what i want to do is to always set it off i'm going to go into the circle seven um and i'm going to go into chapter 11 now I'm going to go into the the verse as I know it in my book is verse 18 although in some um, Quran's, in some Circle 7's um, it is not that verse. Um, the verses are numbered differently for some strange reason uh, as I've come to find out. But it is the part that I'll read from this section that that begins as such. Time never was when man was not. That which begins will have an end. If man was not, the time will come when he will not exist. From Allah's own record we read, The triune Allah breathed forth and stood seven spirits before his face. The Hebrews call these seven spirits Elohim. And these are they who, in their boundless power, created everything that is or was. These spirits of the triune Allah moved on the face of boundless space and seven ethers were and every ether had its form of life. These forms of life were but the thought of Allah clothed in the substance of their ether planes. Men call these ether planes the planes of protoplasts, of earth, of plant, of beast, of man, of angel, and cherubim. These planes, with all their teeming thoughts of Allah, are never seen by eyes of man and flesh. They are composed of substance far too fine for fleshly eyes to see, and still they constitute the soul of things. And with the eyes of soul, all creatures see these ether planes and all the forms of life. Because all forms of life on every plane are thoughts of Allah, all creatures think. And every creature is possessed of will and in its measure has the power to choose. And in their native planes, all creatures are supplied with nourishment from the ethers of their planes, And I'll stop there. So I want to really dive in to the aspect of the seven created spirits um, who in their boundless power created everything that ever is or was. Of course, we know in the Morse questionnaire, the question is asked, who is Elohim? And the answer is Elohim is the seven creative spirits that created everything that ever was, is, and evermore to be. So you have that's, um, that term, seven creative spirits. Now, we've spoken in length in previous in previous episodes about the seven. But let's get into creative spirits for a moment because that will be very important to have an understanding. So what I like to do is basically get into the aspect of understanding that um, when we speak about the Circle 7 we find that this record was divinely prepared by the noble prophet Drew Ali as it clearly states on the cover now I've mentioned before that there has been controversy about this record some would claim that it was plagiarized and I went into depth to explain that he never claimed to be the author of the book he never claimed to, that he was the source of this information he said he prepared it, he didn't say he wrote it or he authored it He prepared it and that would be equivalent to an editor chief of a magazine or newspaper where they're not the writer of the articles in a publication they prepare the writings in such a way that the reading audience can easily process that which has been written so also furthermore Noble Ali clearly explained that the lessons he presented were already in existence and he clearly stated that in the introduction that is entitled, Know Thyself and Thy Father God of Law, where it says in part, the reason these lessons have not been known is because the Muslims of India, Egypt, and Palestine had these secrets and kept them back from the outside world. And when the time appointed by Allah, they loosened the keys and freed the secrets. And for the first time in ages, have these secrets been delivered in the hands of the Muslims of America so the very introduction of the Circle 7 confirms the fact that Noble Jali was the first uh, melanated melanized individual in America to present such mystical teachings to the public right because remember of course these had, at one time they kept the secret it was only in certain circles you know certain secret societies now these teachings include knowledge about Elohim now Elohim is seven as created spirits operate in, plain, in the plains of ether also called Ika- Akasha right Akasha is a Sanskrit word that means ether the fact that Elohim or creative spirits mean that they have power of creativity. Now, what is creativity? Creativity is a phenomenon by which something new and valuable is created. The scope of interest in creativity includes a multitude of definitions and methods involving various disciplines. Now, it is said that there are over 60 different definitions of the word creativity in existence. The etymological root of the word comes from the Latin word "creatus," literally meaning to have grown. This literally means that creativity is a growth process. Creativity does not come about from a state of nothing. This growth process known as creativity starts from a seed, which is a thought of the divine, of the omnipotent, right? And this process is described in detail in the first chapter of the circle seven, where it says, in part, the thoughts of Allah are the everlasting of the past unto the never ending days to come. And so is man, the spirit man. But man, like every other thought of Allah, was but a seed. A seed that held within itself the potencies of Allah, just as the seed of any plant of earth holds deep within itself the attributes of every part of that especial plant. So spirit man, as seed of Allah, held deep within himself the attributes of every part of Allah. Now, seeds are perfect, yea, as perfect as the source from which they come, but they are not unfolded into life made manifest the child is as perfect as the mother is so man the seed must be deep planted in a soil that he might grow unfold as the bud unfold to show the flower as does the bud unfold to show the flower Right. so the human seed that came forth from the heart of Allah was full ordained to be the lord of plain of soul and of the plane of things made manifest. So Allah, the husbandman of everything that is threw forth this human seed into the soil of soul. It grew apace. And man became a living soul. And he became the Lord of all the kingdom of the soul. Heart. Now let every creature hear. The plane of soul is but the ether of the spirit plane vibrating not so fast and in the slower rhythm of this plane the essences of life are manifest now that's very key because it's dealing with a science of manifestation which we can do a whole episode on manifestation I know that's a very popular thing that's talked about you know how to manifest things. But if you notice, it's telling you that the ether from the spirit plane slowing down the vibration are basically resulting in life manifesting. So everything starts from the thought. So the first chapter of the Circle 7 clearly describes how creativity is a product of thought. Elohim is defined as the seven created spirits. Thus, Elohim created things through the power of thought. In fact, in the circle seven, as I mentioned before, we already stated, it states that from Allah's own record, we read the trial and the law breathed forth and stood seven spirits before his face. The Hebrews call these seven spirits Elohim. And these are they in their boundless power created everything that is or was, right? So let's get to this. What is thought? Thought is defined as an idea, plan, conception, or opinion produced by mental activity. Let me repeat that. Thought is defined as an idea, plan, conception, or opinion produced by mental activity. The etymology of the word thought comes from an old English word, meaning to conceive of in the mind. So that's conception. This proves, in fact, and provides insight into the fact that thought is a conception. That is birth. Right? So seed, birth. Right? To grow. You following now? So, thought grows by way of creativity. You plant the seed, it gives birth to a thought. You're giving birth to an idea, and it grows. As it grows, that's the creativity process, right? That's why if you have people who are into business, nothing ever really, you know, the the greatest business plans don't really succeed that the greatest business plan succeed by virtue of the creativity the create, the creativity process meaning the, the nurturing of the idea to bring it into fruition oh well you know you got an idea well you know I want to um, start a record label you know okay so what it takes to start a record label we can't do this okay well let's try to do it this way you know since we can't go get a major distribution deal let's go through iTunes and work it that way let's hit the streets you know let's start regional and then we can build up nationally and internationally so I'm just using a, a real generic um analogy to give you an idea of the fact that the end part of a successful uh, record label, such as a No Limit, you know, or a Bad Boy, whatever, they didn't just happen overnight. It was a process, but it started with that seed, which was the thought, okay? So I want to address um, some aspects of the creative spirit. So one of the things we would have to also ask the question, and we've talked on this before, is what is spirit? Okay? Because we know that in the questionnaire, Key 97, who is Elohim? Elohim is the seven created spirits that created everything that ever was, is, and evermore to be. We got the creativity part, what about the spirit? You say spirit. Some people don't even have a clear conception of spirit. Some people don't know that there's a difference between spirit and soul. So what is spirit? So it is important to define exactly what a spirit is. The English word spirit from Latin spiritus meaning breath literally means breath has various meanings in the English language. But remember I just told you that the etymology of the word the spirit it comes from the Latin word meaning breath. So now when you hear in the Morris questionnaire what is truth? Truth is ought. What is ought? Ought is a law. Can truth change? Truth cannot change or pass away. What other name do we give to truth? Holy breath. Right? What do you have to say about the holy breath? All we can say is that it is great, it is good, it was, it is, and evermore to be. Amen. So, now, you're seeing the connection between that holy breath, right, which is the truth, ought, and the Elohim. But Let me go further. Let me expound on spirit. Most of the definitions of spirit relate to a non-physical substance which animates the physical body the word spirit is usually used metaphysically to refer to one's consciousness or personality so where exactly is uh one of the main sources of this metaphysical usage of the word spirit so when we look into that we go back to the Arabic language where the word for spirit is Nafs. Nafs is a cognate of the Hebrew word Nefesh which occurs in the Quran of Mecca or the Great Quran of Muhammad multiple times and means self. Nafs uh, which is Nun Fa Sin in Arabic or n a. FS in the English spelling, it is translated as self or the ego, the psyche, or the spirit. So there are three principal phases of nafs or spirit that are mentioned in the Quran of Mecca. So these phases denote the procedure for the development, refinement, and mastery of the nafs or the spirit so I can go and I'll read those so the first one is temptation that's the first phase so if you go to um, the Quran Al-Qur'an the 12th surah in the 53rd ayat 12th chapter 53rd verse it will say in some Translations, and I do not declare myself free, most surely, man's self is wont to command evil, except such as my Lord has had mercy on. Me. Surely, my Lord is forgiving, merciful. That's the first stage, right? Or also in the Quran, the 79th Surah, sort of, And the 40th... Ayat... Where it would say... And as for him who fears to stand in the presence of his Lord... And forbids the spirit from low desires... Okay... That's the first stage... Temptation... Second stage... If you go to... Al-Qur'an... The 75th... surah And the second Ayat... It will say... And I do call to witness the self-reproaching spirit. That second stage is self-reproach or self-accusation, you know, to accuse, self-examination, to point the, the negative aspects of the spirit, as it says in the Quran, or the self, right? Because according to chapter one of the circle seven, man is not the body nor the soul, He's a spirit and a part of Allah. Okay. Now, when he gets to phase three, that's tranquility. And that's tied in with Al Quran, the Quran of Mecca, 89th Surah, and the 22nd, or I should say the 27th Ayat, where it says, O spirit that art at rest. Okay. Ya okay? O spirit that art at rest. So these three phases of the spirit or the nas or the self coincides with the account on how man must go through trials and tribulations to be at one with the omnipotent, with the divine. This account is described again in the first chapter of the Circle 7, where it says the following, perfected man must pass through all the ways of life. And so a carnal nature was full manifest, a nature that sprang forth from fleshly things. Without a foe, a soldier never knows his strength, and thought must be developed by the exercise of strength. And so this carnal nature soon became a foe that man must fight that he might be the strength of Allah made manifest. Let every living thing stand still and hear. Man is the Lord of all the plane of manifest of protoplast of mineral of plant of beast but he gave up his birthrights just to gratify his lower self. But man will regain his lost estate, his heritage, but he must do it in a conflict that cannot be told in words. Yea, he must suffer trials and temptations manifold. But let him know that Chetabim and Setafim that rule the stations of the sun and spirit of the mighty Allah who rule the solar stars are his protectors and his guide and they will lead to victory. Man will be fully saved, redeemed, perfected by the things he suffers on the plane of flesh and on the plane of soul. When man has conquered carnal things, his garb of flesh will then have served its purpose well and it will fall, will be no more. Then he will stand untrammeled, on the plane of soul, where he must full complete his victories, unnumbered foes will stand before man upon the plane of soul, these he must overcome, yea, overcome them every one. Thus, hope will ever be his beacon light. There is no failure for the human soul, for Allah is leading on, and victory is sure. Man cannot die the spirit man is one with Allah and while Allah lives man cannot die when man has conquered every fold upon the plane of soul the seed will have full open out will have unfolded in the holy breath the garb of soul will then have served its purpose well and man will need it never more it will pass And be no more and man will then attain unto the blessedness of perfectness and be at one with the law so in that portion of the Circle 7 it is important to note that at the end of that it mentions the holy breath as mentioned before the English word spirit comes from the Latin word spiritus which means breath you can see this in the words like... Respiration... Inspire... And perspire... Right? The Spiritus... This is also confirmed... In... Chapter 8... Of the Circle 7... Verse 9... Where it states... And Jesus said... The holy breath cannot be seen with mortal eyes... Nor can men see the spirit of the Holy One... Okay? And again... It's also confirmed back when we talked about in chapter 11, where it says the triune on the lost breathed forth and stood seven spirits before his face. This proves that Elohim is a product of the holy breath. Okay. And as I mentioned in that questionnaire, the question is asked, what have you to say about the holy breath? All we can say is it is great. It is good, it was, it is, and nevermore to be. Amen. Now, the interesting thing to note about the word amen, which is said to mean so be it, is that it actually originates from an ancient Kemetic word pronounced amen, aman, or amun, which translates as hidden one. This explains why it is said that the holy breath cannot be seen with the mortal eyes and in ancient kemet amen represents the classical element of air by way of wind right and i'm going to get into a little later about the connection between the word amen and a certain part of your brain later on so We will also get into a little later about what are the classical elements and a little bit more in our next section. So what exactly are classical elements? Classical elements are thought to reflect the fundamental parts and principles of which anything consists or upon which the composition and basic powers of anything are founded. So moreover, the classical elements refer to ancient concepts inspired by natural perception of the states of matter. So in terms of classical elements, earth relates to solids. Water relates to liquid. Air relates to gas. And fire relates to plasma. So keep that in mind. In ancient mystical teachings, the four elements, earth, water, air, and fire, appear often. And we're all familiar with that um, legendary soul group, earth, wind, and fire? Well, that's where it comes from, the elements. Sometimes, there appears a fifth element, or quintessence. Let me say it right. Quintessence, right? Quintessence. After quint, meaning fifth. And that fifth element is called Akasha in Sanskrit, right? I spoke about it. Akasha means ether. In the field of metaphysics, there's something called the Akasha records. Now what are the Akasha records? The Akasha records are records of mystical knowledge. The records are located in a non-physical plane of existence called the plane of soul, which is mentioned in the first chapter of the circle 7. Some teachers of metaphysics have stated that the biblical tree of knowledge of good and evil actually represents the Akashic records. Right Now this tree is mentioned in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 9 where it states And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And in the third chapter of the book of Genesis, it speaks of of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil bearing fruit. Okay. Now, the tr- fruit on this tree was considered edible and had the ability to make one wise. So, when we read the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, it states, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have Elohim, right? Because that, keep in mind, Elohim is actually the first word. Used in Hebrew for God in the book of Genesis. Have Elohim said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, Elohim have said, Ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman surely, for Elohim ye shall, ye shall not surely die, okay? Let me say that again. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die, for Elohim do know that in the day thereof then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as Elohim, knowing good and evil now this is a very important point we're going to drive home i'll repeat that you shall not surely die for elohim do know that in the day you eat thereof then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as elohim knowing good and evil now i'll stop there real quick before i continue What eyes were they talking about? She was already seeing everything in the garden. It couldn't have been physical eyes. It had to have been the inner eye. Being open. What is that inner eye? We'll get into that. Now. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. and a tree. To be desired. To make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons okay so it's important to note that in the above passage that it speaks of the eyes of the woman and the man it never mentions the names Adam and Eve by the way it says the woman and the man question is asked in the Morris questionnaire uh, about the first the name of the first physical man can you give us the name of the first physical man his name cannot be used only by executive rulers of the AC of the MST of A what are the words of the AST A.C. of the M.S.C. of A. up Chamber of the Morris Science Temple of America. Third Heaven. Right? What is the name of the first physical man? So, and then after that it says, who were Adam and Eve? And then it says, they were the mothers and fathers of the human family, Asiatics and Muslims. So the first man and woman was not Adam and Eve. Just to throw that at you. Something to think about. See, those who know the ancient texts they know the, they know these facts it's just the common everyday people um stuck in religion institutionalized religion the the clergy of not the clergy but the the congregation the laymen they don't notice okay so this fruit is commonly referred to as an apple though there's no mention of such a fruit you won't read find the word apple in there the eye spoken of in this patches passage has been called the third eye, right? Some would say it's more correctly the first eye, also the inner eye, which is scientifically known as the pineal gland in human beings. Now, what is a third eye, you say? In metaphysics, when they say the third eye, they're referring to an invisible eye, which gives perception beyond physical sight. It refers to the gate that leads to ether planes of higher consciousness. In the circle seven, it refers to the inner eyes as eyes of soul. And I spoke about that, right? We just mentioned that in chapter 11. Okay, so I won't go there again. But one of the things I want to um, speak about is that among the ether planes is where one can access the Akasha records via the opened inner eye. And now the Akashic Records is also referred to in the book of Enoch, which is not in the Bible, as the tablet of heaven. So in the book of Enoch, chapter 92, verse 3, it states, quote, concerning these things will I speak, and these things will I explain to you, my children, I who am Enoch. In consequence of that, which has been shown to me from my heavenly vision and from the voice of the holy angels have I acquired knowledge and from the tablet of heaven have I acquired understanding. It should be noted that in that passage, Enoch speaks about having heavenly vision which would have to have come from his inner eye being open by way of the inner eye pineal gland Enoch was able to read and understand the tablet of heaven i.e. the Akashic records so let me get to a point it also mentions about angels one of the things I want to speak about so we can really drive home is the archangels okay and this is going to be important right because basically this is going to tie into the seven created spirits. It has been said that the seven created spirits are the seven archangels. Now, so therefore, the questionnaire coincides with the book of Revelations, right? In key 98, the question is asked what is Elohim sometimes called? The answer to that is the seven eyes of Allah. That coincides with Revelation chapter 5 or 6, which states, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. All throughout the book of Revelations, there is mentions of seven spirit angels or seven spirits. These angels are actually archangels. They are usually accompanied with seven stars, seven lamps, or seven trumpets. The seven angels are responsible for the opening of the seven seals. In fact, the Circle Seven is also, or I should say, the official title of the book, which is the Holy Quran of the Moorish Science Temple of America, also has been referred to as the Holy Quran of the of the of the Moorish Holy Temple of Science, is referred to by those within that circle as the Circle Seven, as I mentioned, always mentioning, or the seventh seal. Okay? Now, also there's a mention in that verse that I mentioned in in chapter 5 of Revelations of Horns and that's going to be key when I get into it so now before I even go there I'm going to get into that aspect but I I, I want to make sure I, I drive this point home and I'm going to go back to the Archangel degree but I'm going to kind of jump a bit Um, one of the things when we deal with the principle of seven is you see seven is all throughout seven is is the number of perfection right for those who know numerology okay now seven is mentioned all throughout the Bible as well as other writings as well it's a very important number now many mystical systems connect each archangel with one of the traditional seven luminaries now the seven luminaries are seven visible objects in the heavens that move counter to that of the other celestial objects and they are the following the moon, mercury venus, the sun mars jupiter and saturn those are the seven luminaries okay However, there's a disagreement as to which archangel corresponds with the celestial body. And there's even a further disagreement as to the names and the functions of the seven archangels. Um, Different um, societies will have different lists of names. Um, But we can get into that later. So, if you read Revelation chapter. 1 verse 20 will say the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. It should be noted that there exists a seven star constellation called Pleiades. In astronomy, the Pleiades is also called Seven Sisters and I want to give honors to the brother who actually asked me a question about the Seven Sisters and I'm going to answer that question I gave him the answer but I'm going to go into that in this podcast so Pleiades is an open star cluster right it's a cluster most visible to the naked eye in the night sky, it's mentioned in the Bible. In the Bible, Pleiades is is mentioned as um, in the Hebrew word is Kima three times, and it's always mentioned in conjunction with Orion. Okay, so I'm going to give you a brief, and I'm not even going to. Um, I'll read one of the um, verses, uh, which is. The book of Job, verse uh, chapter nine, verse nine. That's very uh, law governs all events. We spoke about nine in the previous episode. Job nine, verse nine says, "Which maketh Octoris, Orion, and Pleiades in the chambers of the south." Okay. Um, It's also mentioned in the book of Amos, chapter five, verse eight, in the book of Job chapter 38, verse 31. So, those are three sections in the Bible where Pleiades is mentioned and Orion is mentioned. Okay? So, you know it's important. So, the question was asked to me about channeling the energy of the seven sisters or the energy of the Pleiades star constellation. So, In various um, Theosophical New Age Societies They speak In reference Of the seven Cosmic rays That can be Channeled Through Or from The seven Sisters Those seven Stars Right And remember The seven stars Are mentioned In the book Of Revelations So, what this has to deal with a lot is the pineal gland. I spoke about the pineal gland earlier, and I'm going to get more into it. So, one of the things you have to realize is that um, the pineal gland, in conjunction and in cooperation with the hypothalamus, can actually help us access that energy, that cosmic star energy from that region okay and to many people that you know many people are not familiar with that like how can that be even the case how can you even speak of that in that context so what I want to say is this um, in Qigong and Taoism there's and I mentioned this before, they have what's called the three, um, Dantian. You have the upper Dantian, the middle Dantian and the lower Dantian. And these are energy centers that is used in Qigong, you know, for development. Um, the lower Dantian is about two to three inches below the navel, right? the middle dantian is somewhere around the solar plexus area and the upper dantian is in your upper in your head area around the area of the um, pineal gland in the crown area right interestingly enough the upper dantian is also called the crystal palace or the crystal room which is synonymous with with the crystal city mentioned in the book of revelations so if you read the book of revelations specifically chapter 20 revelation chapter 21 in chapter 21 and this again law governs all events is 3 times 7 3 times 7 is 21 three triune on the law grieving forth the seven spirits so in Revelation chapter 21 you will find where it talks about the new Jerusalem okay and therefore it talks about where the angel is is uh dealing with John and carrying him away in the spirit in verse 10 it says and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God now we've always talked to more signs. heaven is a state of mind not a place having the glory of God her light was like unto a stone most precious even like a jasper stone clear as crystal okay It goes on to say that this crystal city had 12 gates okay 12 openings and it says that the 12 gates were 12 pearls okay it goes on it is very um it's very in-depth in the description of it Uh, interestingly enough you'll find in verse 20 of that same chapter it will state that the seventh crystal is chrysolite right, which is called today, um, peridot, from the Arabic word feridot, which means gem, but chrysolite actually comes from two Greek words, chrysos, meaning gold, and light or lithos, meaning stone, right, it's actually a yellowish-green stone, gem, right, but the interesting thing is that the seventh um, stone called chrysolite, that chrysos that chrysos is phonetically similar to christos or the christ so in chrysos is gold christos is christ as in the golden child is the christ child okay so you have to see the connection right there so to and I'm going to speed it up and kind of wrap this up in a way to concise it because I know we don't I don't want to go too long but they there's a type of meditation that deals with focusing on the crystal palace or the crystal city which is the upper dantian. okay they regard that point as the main switch of the universal force when the spirit awakens, it resides in that place. So the pineal gland acts as the male positive charge and the hypothalamus acts as the female negative charge or the masculine and feminine. Not negative as in bad or positive good, or positive negative as in good and bad, but positive as in polarity. Okay? So they are, when they are connected, they give a powerful balanced force. So by focusing on the center and picturing visualizing the seven stars the seven sisters right then which is also play 80s which is also called Subaru in Japanese from which you get the, the car Subaru right you can access the energy from that constellation which emanates from the crown as a ray of light okay and that takes meditation for that but I wanted to drop that jewel on you. Now, here's another thing. There are some major important parts of your brain that are used within uh, your spiritual development. I mentioned the pineal gland. There's a pituitary gland. I mentioned the hypothalamus, right? Right? I also mentioned the there's also the thalamus and last but not least there is the hippocampus now here's something you need to know the etymology of the word hippocampus hypos means horse campus means sea monster and it is white matter it's called a hyposcampus because they say it looks like a seahorse right there was an old song uh came out in i think the 80s the song pretty much says the following if you want to ride don't ride the white horse now those who are familiar with that terminology know that the white horse is a term used for cocaine or heroin right that's that's a slang term now why would they say that why would they refer to that and why would they make that statement riding the white horse okay could it be now some would say because it's the powder but interestingly enough Abuse and usage of cocaine and heroin affects the hippocampus area of your brain which is responsible for memory and it damages to a point where you will have a hippocampal stroke. Don't believe me? Look it up. So it's interesting that they connected that song about riding the white horse to those particular drugs and the uh, the usage of those drugs directly affects and damages the hippocampus area of your brain. So these are various things that we have never been made aware of. To see that we are always taught from a religious institutionalized religious concept that these things are outside of you. The Crystal City, like it's go- something like a UFO is going to come out the sky. No, the Crystal City. Well, that crystal palace crystal womb is within your own brain right that's the upper dantian that source of energy which you channel right to get those cosmic rays of light or what they would call the force of heaven the universal force okay and so in the angels I mentioned in the in that book of revelation right we teach in more science the question is asked what is an angel the answer is an angel is a thought of Allah manifested in human flesh. So that thought of the divine manifested in human flesh, that thought you use the focus to carry you up, to raise your vibration up to your upper Dantian region around the pineal Land, opening it up, your eyes being open and being as Elohim, as gods, as the... Part of the, the creative spirits Okay, so it all ties In together This is all demonstrations of you um, Raising up to your higher self To your God self Now, going back To the archangels uh, As I Wrapped this up You know, the question that asks is What are archangels? Archangels are angels of high rank Although there are beings similar to archangels found in various spiritual systems, such as the Eniad of ancient which uh, what is called Egypt today. The word archangel is often associated with the, um, the Abrahamic religions, that being Judaism, Christianity, and Islam so the earliest mentions of the seven archangels is in the book of Enoch remember I talked about the book of Enoch before now the book of Enoch is in the the language of Ethiopia guys right? or oh, Uh with Amoraic sections from the Dead Sea Scrolls but that's particular language that it is is strictly found in the region of what's called today Ethiopia which was known as Kush before so we know that this is of African origin right Kushite origin and there's even a book that says um, I think it's called uh, Ethiopian book of Enoch that's out which is a translation of that text so in the circle seven it speaks about cush specifically in chapter 47 verses two to four where it states old man cush and his family were the first inhabitants of africa who came from the land of canaan his father ham and his family were second then came the word ethiopia which means the demarcation line of the dominion of Amexum, the first true divine name of Africa. Okay. So in the book of Enoch. The 20th chapter. It gives you the names. The first names ever given. In terms of the archangels. Okay. So you go from there. And then you can tie it back to Genesis. Chapter 6. Where it talks about Beni Elohim. Or the sons of God. And I say all this to say the following. When you look at these texts and you get deep into what they call the divine council of the seven created spirits, you understand that these forces tie in not only outside but mainly within you, because each one of you has the ability to be a created spirit. Thus, you operate on the seven, the number of perfection and become Elohim. And with that, I say peace and love.